For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> Hey guys, what's going on? It's Ron and Don, live from the Les Schwab Studios for episode number 152. And don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. That's right. If you have a real estate question or a real estate quandary, go to ronandonsitdown.com. You can hear the stories of some other folks that have done business with us. See if we can be a good fit for you. And we start out with a Zoom call where we just listen to your story, see what's happening. Uh, I've really enjoyed meeting folks from the Ron and Don Nation. Ronandonsitdown.com. Yeah. Hey, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about a anti-eviction law that is now federal and it's really interesting guess when it expires uh, right after the elections we'll talk about that also we want to talk about COVAX I don't know if you've heard of COVAX but COVAX is an organization that we're all supposed to be plugged into around the world it's over 171 countries that are working together to create vaccines provide vaccines i thought gonna, he was the guy that had the lollipop and he always came in that's kojak oh different yeah, guy not kovac so uh we'll talk about that because the president has said and the united states has said hey we could be at 172 and could participate but when it comes to the vaccine we're going to do this on our own we don't need the rest of you guys and we will tell you we will tell you why well, that could be a real fatal mistake uh, for our economy moving forward. Before we do that, though, let's do this. Let's talk about Amazon. This is kind of fun, Ron. You like to fly drones. If somebody out there likes to fly drones, and a lot of great photographer friends of ours that are in real estate, I'm always amazed at the way they're able to fly these drones. You have to have an FAA license. And then the pictures that they're able to take with these drones. I also have a friend who flies drones in the military. And what's really interesting, he's in Colorado. And he is flying drones all the way over in places like the Middle East. And you know probably what he's doing with those drones. He's delivering something completely different than Amazon wants to do. So Amazon got approval today to move forward with their drone delivery program. Uh, this is in, this does not mean this is going to happen next week uh, or even next year. But what it does is the FAA has now looked at this proposal. And if you remember, the first iteration of this was that, uh, let's say we're here close to downtown Seattle. You and I order something on Amazon. It's going to be delivered in 30 minutes. I would go outside and I would place on the ground a little target. That's awesome. And then uh, <laughs> the drone would come over. Yeah. And it has to be under five pounds. So yeah. let's say I ordered whatever I ordered, a bottle, you know, a bag of cat food. It would come over. It would see that mark the Amazon target and it would hover over there and it would somehow release my package Mm. to the ground. And then I just go out, I pick it up, pick up my target and and I'm on my way. And so a version of that is, is moving forward. And so there's a couple hurdles that they're trying to figure out. One is that the FAA is very concerned with tracking all of these drones uh, to know which one is, is uh, could be a terrorist. So if there's all these drones flying around and we just get used to that, 
Um, they want to make sure that if a rogue drone is in amongst them that could be dropping something besides an Amazon package, that they can track that. Mm. So these drones would have to somehow have a mesh network of projecting who they are, where they're at in space, and the the fact that they're delivering your cat food. Uh, So that's problem number one, and I'm sure there's a lot of engineers that are working on that. It's sort of a software logistics problem. And then the second one is... The last 10 yards. How do you drop a five-pound package from the sky? Mm. So five pounds coming from 100 feet is heavy. Yeah. Uh, five, you know, that's not insignificant to drop that. And, and how does it not squish when it reaches the ground? So, like, there's a lot of technical hurdles. But the fact that the FAA has given a, a green light to even the concept, I think, shows you the power of lobby that Amazon has. This is no small feat to get the FAA to give permission to go to the next phase. So I I bet they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars developing this because I don't believe it's going to be a guy, like you said, flying this. This is going to be computer controlled. It's going to go, Don's house is here. He ordered the thing. The, you know, a, a worker might put the package into the payload, but then it just flies to your house. Yeah. There's not a guy flying that to your house. Mm. That's just a computer that knows where you live. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It is, I was just out seeing a friend that lives off the grid in Winthrop. And the, how did you find him? The Amazon trucks, <laughs> they drive all the way out to where he's at. And it is made living off the grid like. He feels like he's living on the grid now. He feels like he's cheating. He's, he's gridful. Cause, cause, yeah, because Amazon could reach you anywhere. Think about this, though. What if, what if you come in, you're too low, you're delivering some brown sugar bourbon, which I know you like, maybe the party's been going on. you got to imagine people are going to want to molest that drone, right? Or people are going to take target practice with that drone. When people drink, uh, or if they're partying a little bit, they may get carried away. So I'm thinking in the same way that we've seen a lot of bikes uh, and a lot of the line bikes end up in the oceans here and end up in the lakes. I have to imagine uh, there's going to be some tomfoolery with drones. Also think about this, and we don't really talk about Al-Qaeda much anymore, and it's not because they don't exist. It's just because we're all sitting here right now dealing with COVID-19. We're dealing with an election cycle, getting our kids back in school, uh, worried about if we're going to keep our jobs, what's going to happen with the economy. A couple days ago, a Delta pilot gets on the radio. He's... 10 miles out of LAX and he sends a message to the control tower that he has just seen and he's looking at a man right now 3,000 feet uh, in the air and he's in a jetpack and he's never seen that before and and there are people that will fly around on jetpacks but usually you don't fly 3,000 feet in the air and and you're typically not able to get that close to an airport so what would happen if a guy was able to do that with a jet pack, but he had a Stinger missile attached, a Stinger missile could take that jet down, right? And and that's my concern sometimes in the way that technology drives these things. We could have never imagined what happened on September 11th, uh, 2001, which uh, that anniversary is coming up here in just over a week. That's my concern with some of this technology uh, too. If a guy can do that in a jet pack, what could you do with a drone? And you know there's going to be operators out there that are trying to trying to figure that I'm stuff out. I'm going to check my Amazon Prime and see if they will if I can buy a jetpack and a Stinger missile. <laughs> oh, 
No shipping. Yeah. Amazon Prime, you did yeah. no shipping charge. There you go. All right. Hey, it's uh, episode 152 of the Ron and Don Show. We come back. Let's talk about Kovacs. I didn't say Kojak. We said Kovacs. And then uh, also before we get out of here, uh, we're going to talk about an anti-eviction bill that's just in time for the elections. How about that? It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. They're hard workers, they're hustlers, and they're fun to hang out with at the same time. (laughs) When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what commercial real estate expert Laura Miller did. I purchased a home in Alki, and it was a really cute uh, mid-century modern home. It was uh, a lot of more management than I expected. And I am a broker, but I do handle commercial. I don't do residential. And Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. Ron and Don seemed completely committed to listening to what my needs were and addressing them. I also got the sense that they're adaptable to what different clients' needs are. So for me, what was important was communication, ability to reach the brokers, to feel like I still had a fair amount of control on the deal. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, "Uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. (laughs) The weekend that we sold the house, um, they were really successful and they came up with some creative ideas and they were always present, completely available to accommodate my schedule. Uh, We did most of our meetings in what I would consider off hours, late night meetings, no problem. Never felt rushed always felt like they were really attentive to details. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. We did really well. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. All right, you guys, it's episode 152 of the Ron and Don Show. It's not Kojak, it's Kovacs. And if we were still a part of the who? Who? Yeah, the World Life Health Organization, uh, we would be a part of these 172 nations that are trying to figure out vaccines, trying to do this together. And then the thought is, once we figure out what the vaccine or vaccines are, then we can go ahead and we can produce these globally. And then we can also make sure that these vaccines get in the hands of people that are most at risk. And of course, we're talking about first responders, second responders, third responders. Uh, we're talking about delivery drivers. Well, there's right? only one problem. The United States has now formally said that they want to withdraw from that program. They and have. Not be they, a party we, of it. We, we have withdrawn. So talk, so talk about that a little bit because well, the United States has said, we're going to go on our own. This is court, President Trump speaking, and we'll figure out a vaccine ourselves. And then the, the fear is that if we were to figure out this vaccine ourselves and we were to give everybody in the United States this vaccine, but in other places around the globe, they didn't get the vaccine, it would affect the world economy. It would crash the world economy. Uh, And it would certainly crash our economy if it's not already crashed as 
a result of not being a part of this, being a part of a system that says, let's work together and then make sure that, that those people that are most at risk get the vaccine first. Whether you're American or not, you're a world citizen. Right. And that was supposed to be the approach here. And our president, America First, said, no, we're not interested. So this is an idiotic idea. And I'm going to throw, I'm, I'm hopefully, if I brush up against your worldview, you'll have an open mind here. And I'm talking to everybody listening in the Ron and Don Nation. Just a, a few factoids to, as, as I launch into this. United States has, I believe, 4% of the world's population, we have 22% of COVID deaths. So the fact that 53% of Republicans feel like this is an acceptable number of deaths is ludicrous. If we had responded correctly, the estimates are that we would have about 131,000 fewer deaths. Because again, we're leading the world in deaths with 4% of the population. We usually lead the world in consumerism with 4% of the population. So when... Donald Trump's biggest critique is that the WHO was too China-centric. That's because, if we just stop, take off our America First hat for a second, China has over well over a billion people. Mm-hmm. So China has probably almost one billion more people than the United States has. So if you're the World Health Organization, countries that have over a billion people, you probably pay attention to more than countries that have... A couple hundred million. So India, you're going to pay attention to India. Yeah, they have over a billion people. The world's population, we're, we're heading toward eight billion. And the two countries you just mentioned, uh, that's that's two billion of the eight billion here in the United States. A new census will be out. We'll be somewhere between three forty and three sixty five. So, three hundred three hundred forty million. So, so to pretend or to have a your logic be. We contribute a lot of money, therefore we're more important than countries that are three and a half times our size. That's idiotic. That's just idiocy. And so you can say, I get where people go, well, then we shouldn't be paying as much money. Really? So that's your stance. That because we have a prosperous country, and by no fault of our own, we happen to be mar- uh, born as an American, born into a prosperous country. So we're going to say, if the role of the dice would have been different, and I was born a poor Indian or a substance subsistence farmer in China, that therefore I deserve to die of COVID? Like, the, the logic doesn't make any sense. So the fact that the United States, the United States was the one that wanted to found the WHO. So that's why we provided a lot of money to the WHO because we saw it was in our best interest to not have pandemics. We saw it was in the best interest of the, of the United States and the, the, our affiliations around the world to be a leader in world health because what does that do? It helps the United States. Helps your economy. So yeah. our supply chains, when you go uh, into Walmart and you pick up a 99 cent item and you flip it over and it says made in China on it, that's what we're talking about. We're protecting your buying power. We're protecting your wealth. We're protecting your ability to live a life of affluence because we get cheap goods from around the world that depend on cheap labor and cheap materials and cheap supply lines that it's cheaper to manufacture an item in China, put it on a container, put it on a ship, ship it all the way across the United States or the world, put that on a truck, have a truck driver drive it to your Walmart, have it unloaded and still be 99 cents. Think about that for a minute. That's incredible. That's why you have the buying power. So it's in our best interest to protect the health of the world. So the, the short-sightedness 
and this like ethnocentrism, if I could use a college word, of thinking we're the greatest country on earth, we give the most money, therefore we're first in everything. No, we're not. And here's how we could end up being last. Because let's say the world figures this out, and then they start to scale, and we still haven't figured it out here in the States, uh, and we're not prepared to scale. Are we prepared to scale? I mean, there's still a nationwide shortage of PPE. There are still plenty of people dying from COVID. There still are places around the country that don't have hospital beds. Uh, And now we're limping into this school year and you have schools that frankly just don't know what they're doing and they don't have the curriculum. They don't have, uh, in some cases, some of the teachers have walked away and they're like, hey, I'm just take this year off. Uh, I don't want to put up with this. So the important thing for us to understand is by saying, we're going to stand here on our own. It's America's first. If we don't figure out the vaccine first, um, will the world share no, they're not the, gonna vac- share it. the vaccine with us? This is us. like opting out of flood insurance. Totally. And saying, oh, I, I have homeowner's insurance. Yeah. Well, you don't have flood insurance. Yeah. So when everybody else on the street gets their house rebuilt when the flood came and you don't, you don't then get to stand up and say, well, rebuild my house. You opted out of flood insurance. Mm-hmm. We offered it to you. And you said no. And they've tried this sometimes with some fire departments that are independent fire departments. It's like, okay, you're not going to pay for to, to fund the, the local fire department. And they've let the house burn. We've read that story before. We're not yeah. in Washington State. This Number is in, in other communities. Yep. The fire department shows up. They're going to protect the houses that paid mm-hmm. into fire insurance. In your house in the middle, they watch it burn. And the, the, the homeowners get all irate. And it's like, you had the chance and you said you did not want fire protection. So we're saying here, we don't want fire protection. We can do it ourselves. I have a hose. I have a hose on the side of my house. And so I'm going to be able to put out this fire. And we are not. Yeah. And the important thing for us to know is you're putting America first by putting the world first. You're putting America first by staying involved in this organization. Because, for instance, that baggage handler uh, that is handling your baggage in Norway, and now you're able to fly to Norway again. You're able to plan a trip. You're able to spend money to do that. And you're able to go to Norway and, and, and spend money and come back and spend money here in the States and move freely. Because that's what's important if we're going to have a free economy and a healthy economy. We have to be able to move freely. And so by taking care of that baggage handler in Norway and taking care of the world, we're really taking care of ourselves. And in that sense, we are putting America first. We come back. Uh, a lot of people feel like after the election, there's going to be a shift when it comes to real estate. And there's also going to be a shift that we're going to feel as there's going to be a lot of people out there that can't pay their mortgage and they can't pay their rent. Uh, the president, the federal government, is now stepping in and they have signed a federal bill. We'll talk about that next. If you're a renter, you don't want to miss this. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, our whole economy is directly affected by technology, right? One of the big technology hubs now, along with San Francisco and places up in Canada. Here's the thing. There's a great, great podcast you should check out. 
It's called Geek Wire, right? What is Geek Wire? Yeah, Geek Wire is right here in, in Seattle. It covers everything you need to know about tech, and it interprets it for you because a lot of times you're like, I have no idea what that means. So if you like our, our podcast, we invite you to check out Geek Wire. You can subscribe to Geek Wire for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Check out Geek Wire. If you have a friend that is ready to start their real estate journey, send them to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back. The final uh, segment of the Ron and Don Show, episode 152, live from the Les Schwab Studios. Um, this breaks my heart a little bit when you see politicians uh, playing with people that are in positions of risk or they are in positions of really having their lives, their families destroyed because of what's happening with COVID-19 right now. And at the end of the day, the thing that I wish for you, and I wish for all of us, is I wish for health, but I also wish for you to have a roof over your head. Uh, the federal government, along with Donald Trump, has come out, they signed a bill, and they said, hey, if you can't pay the rent, you're still going to owe it at some point, but you're not going to owe it right now when you're going to start to begin to owe, owe that rent again will be after the November elections, which is basically the end of the year. What I see politicians doing right now that can be very, very costly and very risky, because now they're talking about sending out even more money for people that are on unemployment. We get on the other side of this, and somehow, some way, this is going to have to be paid for. It's a can that you can't kick down the road. We are printing money right now. Uh, and my concern for people that can't pay the rent, if they can't pay the rent, then what about the companies, the LLCs, and the moms and dads out there that are depending on that rent in order to pay the mortgage on the house? And what if the mortgage then goes into fault? And the problem that I see is I read this story, and we've done a similar thing here in Washington State, is it doesn't help the landlord to get that money a year from now because they have to pay their bills now too. And I don't see any relief right now for people out there that have a mortgage or have multiple mortgages, multiple tenants. And the tenant can basically say to you, and I had a tenant say this to me, uh, I'm not going to pay. I don't have a job right now. I don't have to pay in Washington state. And now they'll probably continue to not pay well into November. Now we're going to be in the winter months. So you know that's going to be extended to sometime next spring. So here you are, you're a landlord, and the bank isn't going to be as kind to you as the federal government is being right now to people that are renting spaces. So I don't hear enough about that. And I think we have to make damn sure uh, that people out there that are moms and pops like me that own a couple rentals, and maybe this is just me being selfish now. It's, a, it, it's important to create some kind of program or some kind of help for those people too. Yeah, th this is a tricky one because I've been a landlord. I've also been a renter in my life for, for many years. And the bank doesn't want to do mass repossessions because now they don't want to inherit a bunch of... They're inheriting all the problems. They inherit all these tenants. Now it's on their books. They got to rehab the property and sell the property at a lot. Like, no bank wants to go, you know what would be great is if all these landlords quit paying and then we can just go repossess 
thousands and thousands of homes. So no bank and no mortgage lender wants to do that. Um, at the same time... And let me just jump in, because now it's just not the home, but now it's the boat, it's the jet ski, it's the family car, it's everything. It's, it's, it's all those things that you are making payments on. And a typical American, if they're paying rent, they're, they're probably making some car payments too. And that car used to get to get them to a job that maybe they don't have anymore. Uh, so this is just real short-sighted thinking, and this is politicians being politicians so they can stand up and say, hey, I did this for you, vote for me, and then once I have the job, uh, screw you in January. Yeah, and I also feel, have sympathy for people that did legitimately lose their job. Totally. The, the, the problem that we have is that there are people that always um, are disingenuous and try if there's a government program they're going to sign up for it whether they it's in the spirit of the law or not so if you were a, a, a restaurant worker you legitimately lost your job no fault of your own this is a black swan event once in a hundred years and you need rent relief I think that that's fair I don't think that that person should be homeless. But should it be on the backs of the landlord? No, but I also think this should go upstream to yeah. the higher institutions where if you're going to absorb money, the Federal Reserve or whatever, that's where you invoke the Federal Reserve. You don't do it. The way we did it, to your point, is self-serving to the politicians, not to the people. Yeah, and it always makes the landlord look bad. And really, it's the landlord that is providing in some cases, affordable housing and places for people to live. And as we always said, they've taken all the risk, all the risk. And as a renter, you can walk away anytime that you want to. There may be some repercussions for that. You might, own some, uh, you might owe somebody some money down the road. But just this short-sighted thinking that we see politicians on both sides of the aisle uh, and what they're doing right now, some of the ideas that they're sharing. Although Joe Biden, I don't really hear from Joe Biden. I think he just... He is a little sleepy on this. I think he just thinks that President Trump is going to continue to do things uh, that maybe a lot of Americans disagree with. And as a re result of that, uh, Joe Biden is going to back in the presidency. I'll give you the final word here. Um, I think that uh, this is just unprecedented. We don't there's no rule book for this. Uh, I just sort of go back to I, I want to live my life hopefully with compassion right now to people uh, in the little things. I can't control the rent policies. What I can't control is how I interact with a vendor, how I interact with a person, how I interact with the, the folks at the grocery store, like try to be kind to them and know that, hey, like this person probably is taking a big hit and, and maybe they're really struggling. So like just be kind because like at the street level where you and I are living right now, we can't fix those policies right now. We can vote. We can encourage people that haven't voted to vote. We can help people get registered to vote. We can try to become the society that we believe in uh, and try to elevate things and not pour gasoline on the fire. Yeah. Love it. Before you go to bed tonight, something my son and I do because he suggested it is we just talk about things we're grateful for. And then I do something similar in the morning. It changes your day when you begin and you end that with gratitude and it takes away some of the fear and the trauma that all of us are feeling right now so just and i learned that from him we pray out loud and i listen to him pray and he just goes through all the things he's thankful for doesn't ask for a thing he's just grateful so we're grateful to you we're listening to episode 152 of the ron and don show would you hit subscribe and also share this episode on your social channels we'd really appreciate that 
the Ron and Don Show. Who can believe this? It's only been around months and over 600,000 spins already. Thanks, you guys. You keep your head up, your shoulder back. If you need us, just call on us. Ronadonsitdown.com. That's ronadonsitdown.com. There's a little box there. It'll give you a way to reach out and get in touch. And uh, let's jump on the phone. Buying, selling, investing. We're here to help. Again, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 153 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Oh,